Frontier Missions Journal. Stories of hope for the unreached with Adventist Frontier Missions. My name is Andy Murphy. I'm living in Ireland with my wife and two children. And we are involved in helping people find wholeness mentally, physically, and spiritually. This story is called Just in Time. And I tell it to illustrate that God always provides what we need when we need it. You never want to wake up to bad news. But I woke up to a very long message on my phone. As I read this message from my friend Gina, I saw that it listed a lot of hurts from her past. Problems with her family and issues that she had tried to deal with over the last few years. What struck me as I neared the end of her text was the finality of it. How she was saying that things hurt too bad, that there was no hope, that she didn't want to see my family anymore. and was saying goodbye. And I had the, the overwhelming feeling that this person was planning on hurting herself. So I quickly passed off my responsibilities for that day to others, and I drove over to Gina's house. I knocked on the door, but no one answered. The text had come only a little while before, so I was assuming she was home. I knocked again. Nothing. I checked with a family member of hers who said, sometimes you should knock on her window. She can't hear it from the door. So I walked around to the back of the house. I knocked on the window and I saw the curtains move. I could hear loud music from inside the house. And so I walked back to the front and knocked on the door one more time. As the door swung open, I looked at Gina's face. There were tear tracks on her cheeks and she was unable to speak. All she did was step forward and open up her arms. As she clung to me for minutes on end in her doorway and sobbed, she eventually started to be able to tell me that things hurt too bad. She didn't want to go on. As she was about to take the first pill of her overdose that she had planned for herself, I knocked on her window, and she realized that someone did care. She said, I didn't think you would come. We talked for a while. She ended up calling a crisis hotline for people that were trained to deal with her situation as well. And I helped her get to her doctor that day so that she could talk and made sure that she had time with friends. 
As she started sobbing out her story, it became apparent that she had decided that she had no hope. She was hurting too bad and just wanted to end the pain. The only thing that she had expected was to say goodbye in a way that no one would follow up on. And she felt like she had one last cry for help. I was able to stay with her for a while and encourage her. I was able to pray with her. I was able to remind her that Jesus Christ suffered when he was in this world. That the scripture says that he has been tempted in every way like we are. He has dealt with the type of suffering that we face. And I was able to help her find resources and people that are trained to help her with her situation. I ask that you continue to pray for Gina, that she would find healing from her past and strength for her future in Jesus Christ. This is not necessarily the end of the story. Gina still has many struggles, but it is a story of God's providence how he gave me the impression that I needed to go to Gina's house, that she was thinking about hurting herself, and how at the very moment she was about to initiate her path of self-destruction, I knocked on her window. And she realized that there was someone who cares in human form, but there is also someone who cares in heaven. After a two-year interim, this is the second part of Gina's story. We continued to work with her, trying to help her with her anxiety, with her struggles with her family. But the struggles with her family got worse instead of better. Her husband and adult children that lived at home kind of ganged up on her verbally and emotionally, and she no longer felt safe at her house. And so she was living in social housing because she no longer felt safe at her house. And we continued to meet with her very frequently. And she was interested in following God, but she always would struggle whenever something bad happened. She said to us, I go to Bible study several times a week. Things should be working out for me. God should be fixing my problems for me. And she would even say about my family, well, see, nothing bad is happening in your lives. You're doing okay. And uh, why should all the bad things only happen to me? Now, as time went on, our work in Ireland was done under a volunteer visa. And the Irish government ended up deciding to reevaluate their volunteer visa program. So while we were there, they suspended the program. The government office that is in charge of visas took a look at it and released it again, but this time with much different requirements or much more strict requirements. And so we realized that myself and my family no longer fit the requirements for the visa. And so we began to earnestly pray to ask the Lord that we would be able to stay and a large reason we thought we would need to was Gina. She was unstable. She needed our help. We had saved her life 
on more than one occasion. And we thought that since she needed us so much, God would perform a miracle to allow us to stay. And so we prayed, and we got a lawyer to help us, and we put together a case of appeal to the government. We included letters from people that we had impacted during our time there, and one of the people that wrote letters to the government was Gina. And she did not hold back in her letter. She passionately asked the government, please don't take these people away. And my wife and I were very hopeful that we would get a positive answer from the government. And we prayed about it. We had many people that were supporting us in that desire and were praying for us as well. And uh, one day we got a letter back from the government. And we opened it. And it said, you have been granted some extra time in the country, a few months. And it said, this will be your last and final permission. You will not be granted any further permission. And suddenly we realized this was the end. And so the biggest thought in our minds was, what will happen to Gina? We dreaded telling her, but finally it could be put off no longer. And we, we told her, Gina, we're going to have to leave Ireland. We got our letter back from the government. She looked at us with tears in her eyes. She tried to be brave and say that she would be all right, but none of us were sure what would happen. Now, Gina enjoys going for outings. Whenever there is uh, an opportunity to go on a retreat, or to go on a sightseeing tour, or anything like that, Gina is always game. She's always ready and wants to participate. So it's nothing strange when she has an outing planned. And so she told us, I have a retreat that I'm going to in the capital city, and I'm going to be gone for the long weekend. And so we said, okay, we hope you have a good time. We'll be praying for you. And she left for her retreat. She confessed to us later that she had a plan and a method of committing suicide. She had decided since we were leaving, her support system was crumbling. And she said, I don't want to continue this life. And she confessed this later to us because she came back from her retreat. Instead of committing suicide, she had a conversation with God. And she was praying to God, and she actually heard him speak back to her. And he said, I gave you Andy and Mary for a while. Now I'm actually taking them somewhere else. But I have you. I will take care of you. And Gina came back from that retreat, still broken, still struggling, but a different person because she knew that God was going to take care of her. And after we moved away from Ireland, we were praying for Gina and continued to do so, but we realized Gina didn't fall apart. Gina didn't keep trying to self-destruct. Gina didn't give up. Her husband, who had been abusive to her in many situations, had some health problems and needed help at home. 
And so Gina actually moved back to be with him and to help him. And he, he was a changed person. I don't know if it was his close brush with death or the loving care that his wife gave him, but he started to be kinder to her, started to appreciate her. Her adult children, who had previously heaped abuse higher and higher, and Stid were thankful to have their mother back home. She began to be a force of reconciliation in her family. And Gina has since told me that she began a Bible study in her home. Her husband attends, one of her sons attends, and she has about 10 to 12 other people coming into her home to study the scriptures together. They see that she has changed. They see the place of brokenness and the struggles that she has gone through and they see that she has something they want. We praise God that he is taking care of Gina, that we are no longer her rock, but that God is. We look forward to seeing Gina and many more people in the kingdom because of what God is doing, even now. This story reminds us that God is always at work, even when we are not physically present. Dear friends, like Gina, you may have struggled with severe depression and a feeling of hopelessness, even to the point of planning suicide. But I am here, right now, telling you that God wants you to choose life. In Deuteronomy 30, verse 19, the plea is clear. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you, that I have set before you life and death blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life, that both you and your descendants may live. Thank you for listening to Frontier Missions Journal. Choose to receive God's blessings. Choose life. <laughs>